0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hi, I'm Jay Har from the New York Mets. Welcome to our Mets alumni podcast. My special guest is Keith Hernandez. Keith, let me take you back to uh, June 15th, 1983. My cash calls me and says we got great news. Uh, we traded for Keith Hernandez. And I read some stuff in the papers, New York wasn't one of your favorite places to go. I come up with a brilliant idea, we're in Montreal. I said, Frank, I want to get a limo to pick Keith up at the airport. Get this nice limo with a bottle of wine.
0: Unfortunately, I went to the wrong gate. I took the limo back, you took a cab. Right. That wasn't a good first meeting, right? It was not a good first meeting. And then when I first walked in the door, uh, Kingman comes up to me with a big smile on his face, shakes my hand. And going, I'm glad you're here. You're my ticket out of here. And then I can't even get to my, before I get to my, my locker, Seaver comes up to me and goes, welcome to the Stems. And I go, Stems? And he goes, Mets spelled backwards. And I go, where am I? <laughs> 1983 wasn't a great year. 68 no. wins, two managers.
1: When you came over, what did you like about
0: New York? Uh, well, New York back then was basically going bankrupt remember in the 70s and the city was going under um, I don't know I just we stayed at the old New York Sheridan over on 7th Avenue by the park and I'm 20 years old I got called up and George Kissel was the was the uh, bench coach for Red Shandy's and he takes me out onto 7th Avenue and we get in late at night uh, we bust in from LaGuardia and uh George while everybody's getting their keys to go up to the room, George says, "Come with me," and he gets me out out in the street, and he points toward Central Park, and he goes, "Don't go in there." <laughs> and then he points downtown and he goes he goes, "That's uh, Times Square." He goes, "Don't go there." And then he points west and he goes, "That's hell's kitchen. Don't go there." And then he points over to the Upper East Side. I go, that's the Upper East Side. If you want to go any place, you can go there. <laughs> I'm going, where in the heck am I? <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was my first in, uh, indoctrination. And in, uh, also Lou Brock on that bus ride. Came back, we're on the bus, and it's late, and I'm seeing New York skyline for the first time. And Lou comes back and goes, you know something, Keith? He goes, there's a million stories in those cities. In that city. I go, yeah? And he goes, Guess what? And I go what? And he goes now. You're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but next year things turned around. And
1: how, how much did, you know from like '84 to '89 to '90, you know, uh, 90 wins, 98 wins, 108 wins. Dwight was added. Ronnie Darling,
0: Gary. I mean, what what happened? Did, did you expect it to turn around that quickly? Well, I just think for me it was a perfect storm, and I think uh, because the Mets had had. Down years after the Seaver trade, they had not squandered their number one draft picks, obviously uh, when Double day took over and Fred uh, and they hired Frank Frank made it pretty clear he wanted to rebuild and um, the team suffered they were they were terrible, and uh, it was a bad time for mid fans and as opposing players coming here and playing them you know with, with, remember there was four or five thousand people in the ballpark uh you know it was not thrilling to come here, uh, and let alone being traded here. Uh, but I think with that group that came up in the spring training in 84, it, didn't, it took me a, around 10 days, two weeks of spring training where I realized there was a lot of young talent that was I was running around with uh, on the field here and you know, working out with them in spring. And uh, as the spring evolved, um, I realized that this club... Might be ready to turn the corner. So I bought in all the way. I totally gave all I had to help the young players because they were all in their early 20s. It took back to Robbie with St.
1: Louis in 1985. In we are we're 95, 98 games. We'd go to St. Louis, win the first two games, get mm-hmm. through one game and lose. I remember going to the hotels, Pine Scum, they called us. I remember getting phone calls at three o'clock in the morning. I want to speak to Keith Hernan, his local. Two twin radio, I mean, those were crazy times the, the, with the Method Cardinals.
0: Well, was great, um, it was a great rivalry. 85, uh, 80, 85 was a great chase. We won 98 games and go home. They won 102. 86, we blow it away. 87, we went down to the last week with them. Uh, 88, we win again with 100 wins. So it was pretty much battling them. Uh, those four years, uh, even though when we won, we kind of blew it out of the gym. Uh, when they won, it was always down to the wire. They were calling our rooms. They called me in the middle of the night, too, around 4 in the morning. Right. Woke me up. Uh, but what I had found out I, was that in New York, they had, we had played a series in New York prior. And the New York Met fans had called their rooms and woke them up. So that got in their papers so obviously. It was a tit for a tat. One series I remember in,
1: in 86 when we went to St. Louis and won four games in a mm-hmm. row, and that kind of set the stage for the season. I remember—I don't know if you remember, Wally got a bad call at second base in one time, Wally Backman. He wound up, left two hamburgers at third base. The Empire was kind of a rotund guy. I don't really mention his name. Do you remember that at all? I don't remember He, he, he left um, two hamburgers. At Where? State. Before the game? No, during the game. Went out and got it from the clubhouse. No. He left it right on. The um, third base, oh,
0: I think he got thrown out of the game. That, that we won four games in a row, and that kind of set the stage. Well, right the way. fourth game, if you remember, Wally made a great backhand right. stab up the middle yeah. on a bullet off Tommy Hur's bat. Right. Uh, right. Jesse was pitching to save the game. We right. right. would won the first three, and Tommy Hur was batting right-handed, and he hit the ball up the middle and bullet. And uh, Wally made a terrific backhand for right. the force out to end the game, and that pretty much St. Louis never recovered from, from that. that. They went that was April. Right. It was the first. Thing, and yeah. you know, we started out of the homestand. We were like five hundred, whatever. Well, yeah, we, we just kind two of, and three. We two brought... and three. So that's five games, Yeah. Jay. yeah right. So but we, you know, had, we had we uh, had we had another hundred and six to win. Yeah. Right. Uh, so um, they went down right down the toilet, and uh, that propelled us forward. Forget about what you did on a field. To me,
1: you should be a Hall of Famer, maybe someday to come. But tell me your beginning, what you've accomplished uh, know working on your third book maybe for next year hopefully yeah. not yet there's nothing other there paperbacks coming out right. in May and you, you you how did you
0: get into Twitter You're, you have close to 100,000
1: Twitter followers now how did that come about well oh,
0: I don't know if I have that many following me right now because I kind of got away from from tweeting I had the back surgery in the off season right. and I was laid up in, in bed in excruciating pain for the whole month of January before I got us the surgery But what made you get into the? My kids were on Twitter and um, they pretty much told me what to do. And then I did that one. My first tweet was Haji walking out and getting the paper with my cat. Right, right. And they had told me how to do a video. And uh, that was the first time I did that and I didn't make a mistake. And it it was all run through. I I couldn't bend over and get the paper with Haji, but have the phone in my hand. So I had to stop it, pause it. And then I got the paper, came back, and I did it flawlessly, and uh, that went viral. And then I kind of in- I enjoyed writing, you know, talking about the team early. But then I found out that uh, people want to see me; they don't want to read. And I like to write, and they want they want the visual; they want to see me. And it's not as much fun for me. I'd rather type.
1: Yeah, we have three big fans in my my house. I have three cats: uh, Stanley, Leo. <laughs> and and and, um, and, Lee, Lee, and Lily, and every time you see Haji come on, he clapped. They really like the commercial. They're, oh, yes. They're, they're asking me to get
0: a commercial for them. Oh, the, the brothers.
1: How did Haji come on? I mean, did that just you've had the cat a long time?
0: Uh, he's 16. Yeah. He's going strong, too. He's like five-year-old cat. Was well, it 60, 16 times seven or five? Well, what's the cat's age? I, have, I don't know. I know, was it dogs? Was every seven? Yeah, I have a it's 15-year-old dog. It's 105. I don't know if it's that with, but cats have nine lives. Yeah, but Haji's going going strong. Um, It was SNY's idea first. That one commercial, the first commercial we did at my house when I said, "I'm going to make you the most famous cat since Garfield." (laughs) Well, I guess we did. (laughs) Everybody, I was funny. I'm going through. uh, I was coming home with Haji. We make the trip twice. I live half the, I live more than half the year in Florida, and so Haji makes the trip twice a year. So uh, we're, I'm flying them back through Palm Beach Airport. I'm going through security, and these, this young couple is in front of me, and they're getting their, their stuff, and they see Haji. I go, oh, is that Haji? <laughs> right. So they, they wanted the picture with Haji, <laughs> not me. <laughs> How does a uh,
1: uh, San Francisco kid idolize Mickey Mantle? I mean, you're born on the same day. Right. 37 and 17, I have a number seven. How did that come back to you?
2: Think? The
0: birthday. October 20th. I, was, my, I got my first baseball, Mickey Mantle baseball card when I was like maybe six. I don't know. My dad used to, was a fireman in San Francisco. We'd come home, work 24 off, 48. So he'd come home from work, and he'd always bring us in baseball season, and he'd always bring my brother, or a nickel, a pack, remember, back in Brian, those days. Uh, he'd bring us around uh, five packs of baseball cards uh, for each of us when I got my first Mickey Mantle card, of course you turn around the back and read the bio and I saw the birth date and that was you it. Know, I was sold, yeah. That, that, that was it? Totally. But I was a Cardinal fan. Yeah. Now over a Yankee fan. Yeah. That was good. I remember when I was a
1: PR guy, your bio, are you still in, into the Civil War? I know you don't read baseball books. You're like history books and other stuff. Are you still into the Civil War stuff or not as well? Uh,
0: I'm into history in general now. I, I In my 20s, I've always, I picked up, my brother and I picked up the American heritage pictorial history of right. the Civil War when we were like, maybe I was 12, and I just got fascinated by the Civil War. I kind of read just pretty much that until my, my mid-20s, Then I just kind of, I like history in general. Did you go to Gettysburg? I mean, oh yeah, I've been in, to Gettysburg, Gettysburg around Gettysburg four or five times. matter of fact, on 9-11, I was in the city when a 9-11 happened. And I remember I, someone called me and woke me up and said, they just said a light plane flew into trade centers. And I, so I had a view downtown. Right. And I saw all the smoke blowing towards Brooklyn. I turned on the TV. And after the, um, the second day, remember they had the fighter jets flying right. around Manhattan right. in a complete circle. Were, there was a squadron of them. And... Um, I just got in the car. I'd never visited Gettysburg. I remember the day that happened. I cleaned my house from top to bottom, don't I? my apartment, my condo. I mean, I went down. My mom would have been proud of me. I, I cleaned the baseboards. I, don't ask me why. I pulled out everything. out, of, and, and then um, uh, I just decided to get in the car and get out of the city. And I drove to Gettysburg. That was my first trip. And I spent around a week there.
1: That's crazy. I was a big history guy too. He uh, still get recognized for the uh, Seinfeld stuff, yes. right? I mean,
0: you get residuals still from that. Oh or yeah, no? yeah. They were they used to be bigger. Really? Uh, you, they used to be quite handsome, but they they, they as they diminish, but they, they they just continue to show that uh, show it, uh, worldwide. It, you know, it's it's a nice hunk of change to go. You know. get a, a bottle of wine or something. Well, no, more than that. <laughs>
1: Before, I did three baseball things, I just want to ask you. Probably my favorite game in my 40 year career as a Met was in July of '86 in Cincinnati, where um, um, they had to fight at third base. Right. Uh, uh, um, Ray Eric, Knight and Eric, uh, Eric Davis. Davis. And we were switching around uh, Rusty. Rusty and Roscoe and McDowell switched around. Was Rusty
0: on that team? I think there might have been a different. I no, was thinking, it was Jesse and, and, and Jesse and, 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 and Matt Roger. and McDowell were going. We're flip flopping. Yeah,
1: and I mean, there was one particular play in the bottom of the twelfth. Uh, uh, it's they have first and second. Gary's playing third base, and we turn a three-five-four double play. To, yes, get out, to get out of the inning. That, that play is kind of significant. You were you identified with that play is probably one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. You know, in that that play. I mean,
0: uh, it's. It was pretty – it's all about getting the jump on the bunt. It was a rookie pitcher that was pitching. Right. Was Pete Rose was the manager. The runners were on first and second. There was nobody out. The bunt was uh, – in. You know, they had the bunt. It was a tie ball game. And I just knew that that pitcher, no matter how much I crowded him from first base, he wasn't going to have the guts to pull back and take a swing. He's a rookie. And um, – I believe he might have been, in a, which was in July. Yeah, I mean, ju- he was a rookie. I forget who it was. So Cole I was, yeah. I was just in a good position, and he put it down the third base line. Right, right down. Right. The, right. but right. I just was right on top of my him. Kid was playing third, and kid made the actually kid made a nice first base stretch from yeah. third base. Went and got the ball, and, and then it threw made it the perfect. And we got the. That was a big play. Yeah. Um, I made a really really my favorite play was the one I made in uh, in Chicago, and I forget the year. Similar bunt. On the grass, and I fielded the ball barehanded, running like I did I had to bend over. And I, as I was falling back towards the fir- third base dugout, I threw a bullet to first base. And Wally didn't cover because he didn't think I had a chance. Really? And I threw a bullet, so I got charged with two errors on that. That was nice. And it was my greatest play I ever made in my life. Right. And I got charged with two. <laughs>
1: <errors>. <laughs> two other quick things: um, the um, Houston, the sixteen inning game. Yes. The, they they think it's the greatest mound talk ever in the history of baseball. We go ahead in the top of the 16, mm-hmm. score three runs, um, first and second. Um, Kevin Bass is up, and you go to the mound. and Gary's there, and I, twenty different variations. What exactly did you? What there?
0: exactly happened was I miss. I forgot. I I misthought that everybody thought I said to Gary. Right, Gary would came in. I came running, and Jesse was gassed. Yeah, because Roger left it there. Roger threw about five right. innings plus right. shutout ball, and I think that hurt Roger going into the World Series. Right, he, he was, right. A, he the, it was a, a long series. stint for him. Yeah, um, Jesse was out there for I don't know how many, and he's used to throwing one, maybe two innings, and he was gassed. And we had a three-run lead. Right here, fastball here, hit it. But once that tying run got on second base, right. and I saw Jesse, you know how loud the dome was. Yes. And we had ne- I've never played in a dome in a full house. I mean, there was this dome had right. like 57,000 people and it was loud inside. And um, I can just see in Jesse's face that he was exhausted and he was running on fumes and then he just needed to pump up. So I beat Gary to the mound and I told Jesse, uh, not Gary. And when I went to Gary and I said, now you can't throw anymore, Earl Bass was up. Yes. Switch hitter. Right-handed, he was a high-ball hitter. Left-handed, he was a low-ball hitter. And Jesse had that big down slider. And so it was a perfect matchup for Jesse just to feed him. Because we've gotten past the point now where you can, okay, we've got a three-run lead here. Fastball got eight gloves out there. The game was on the line again. And Gary, before I can get half of it out, he goes, I know, I know, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry, Keith. <laughs> and then uh, I just wanted to go in and pump Jesse up. Yeah. He needed a breather. Yeah, And make, I tried to make him laugh. Yeah. And I just said, you know, if, you throw, if you're throwing out. a fastball, I'm going to punch you out. Yeah. And he kind of chuckled, and that's what I wanted to get out of him because right. it was a tight situation. Right,
1: don't worry, it was. Last thing before I go, is uh, in Boston, the uh, sixth game, you make the second out. And remember, I'm maybe yeah. my memory's going bad, I was sitting in Davy's office. You yes, came in. You and Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson. And I remember... I when, forgot you were there. I was there. I was in a corner. And that, I remember he said, don't move. I mean, after we got the first... When Gary got the first hit, I had gone up. He said, everybody had the same, same motion. Right. And it was pretty... What were you thinking after he made the second half? Well, we're
0: a very superstitious lot. Yes. And um, you remember when, when Kevin Mitchell got the hit... Right and everybody, that, you know, the urban legend was that Kevin was in the locker room and he was undressed, yeah. and uh, he, was, he was in the locker room, and he was completely dressed, and Buddy Harrelson ran up and said, Kevin, what the hell are you doing? You're pinch hitting, and Kevin ran down and got his bat and helmet, got in the on-deck circle, went up in the first pitch, got a base hit. Got a hit, yeah. And that's when I said, uh, the second thing I said was, okay, I'm not going back out on the bench because we were one out from right from. Now, I'm not proud of this moment. I should have been on the bench, yeah. and but I said this this chair. Remember I said this chair's got hits in it, right? And um, then yeah. Daryl looked at me and said, Daryl, not Strawberry, Daryl Johnson said, "Well, stay here," <laughs> and then everything. Remember how yeah. it was? It was like the being in the. It was like being in Madison Square Garden yeah. at, at a Springsteen concert yeah. with a full house. Yeah, it was just rumbling. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a great time. Before the person, I wanted to thank you. Uh,
1: 86 was a crazy year for me. I never knew what was going to happen when we got to the ballpark with our team, but it kept it interesting, kept me on my toes. And you helped me get adjusted to everything. So I just want to say thank you and uh, and thank you for doing this here. And
0: we all voted Jay. I want you to know what how we felt about Jay. Uh, it's unprecedented that a, a public relations director would get a uh, any kind of a share from a World Series share. Although the players had to take it out proportionately. Uh, From their share, and we all voted unanimously a full share to Jay, and because of what Jay did for us and everything he had to put up with. It was great. We're grateful. Thanks, Keith. Okay. Good. Thanks, my friend.
2: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best